Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 264 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Blah, 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 blah. Just stumbling over words already. <coughs> How are you guys doing? Wednesday, hump day. Almost there, folks. A couple more days. Weekend. Um, got my notes here. Got my sticky notes. Um, Going to kind of be a... Well... Not going to be a different show. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I have some odds and ends to talk about. Player spotlight, John Erskine today. And, uh, you know, I had fun going down that rabbit hole. Um, um, as I, yeah, I was kind of making notes on that all day. Um, yeah, some some kind of things here. It's kind of been a little kind of whirlwindish here at the house last last couple days. Um I'll get into that at the end. Um you know, like I always say, I've uh you know, I've never lied to you guys, the listeners. Um, you know, and I've kinda we'll have a little reality check here at the end here. We're gonna have a little conversation um, you know, about a few things. But uh, you know, we'll have some we'll have some fun talk at the start here. Um we'll have some fun talk, yell at a few people uh, point out some ignorance and, uh, you know, the things that we do around here. Um, well, one thing we had to do around here, of course, we've got to talk about a few folks. Got to obviously start at the top, the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, 50 shows, over 50 shows on the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you on the network. Um, Terry Ryan as well, Ted, Ted Hitchcock, um, <laughs> he is on the, he is on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. Um, and then of course for my off network friends, cause we've got Alec over there at the Fire for Fighting podcast. Um, and I recorded, uh, with him, was it last weekend? It must have been. Yeah, last week. 
for a Kerry Toporowski special that he is releasing at some point here. Uh, he had myself, Jay, and a couple of ex-players on, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it was fun talking about Topper. Of course, I talked about his Western Hockey League stuff. And, um, yeah, and, you know, my, true minor league legend. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, listening to that special. I'm assuming you'll have it out here right away. So, um, and then, of course, uh, Joe, Jolton Joe Lazito. Over at the Nordiques Knuckles podcast, it's his new his new venture that he's uh, putting out. Um, he has two episodes out right now. Uh, basically, it was like introducing the podcast, and then it was like about a month later. Okay, what's going on with the podcast? Um, I know Joe's been busy with work and tracking players down. You know, it's the same old battle. But I know he has recorded with a player. I think he just needs to finish up with him. Um, so his first interview will be coming out shortly. Um, you know, and he is brought up, and I had Joe on the show a couple months ago when he was obviously unveiling this podcast, what he wanted to do, because he had previously done the Coliseum Chronicles, the Islander podcast. So the Islanders and the Rodiques were kind of his two favorite teams. So um, he's moved, he kind of interviewed almost everybody that he could kind of interview with the Islanders, more or less. Uh, and uh, so he moved on to Quebec, and it doesn't include Avalanche players. So. Once again, I always say to Joe, I said, once again, you painted yourself into a corner. So he's got some pretty tight restrictions on himself. But I know he's got about four or five guys that he's talked to that are, you know, really gung-ho for it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, obviously, I will keep you updated as the, you know, as as the, as it goes. And as soon as an episode is out, obviously, I'll let you guys know. But if you happen to be on social media, you know, you're following Lazito on social media anyway. Um Obviously, he'll put it out and whatever. You'll know about it. Um, off it and uh, when it comes to uh, YouTube channels, I have a few to lay on you here. Uh, so get your pens and pencils ready. Um, of course, I have uh, Alec. Of course, his battles with YouTube and the East Coast League and everything else. Um, he has, they, of course, they killed this channel. And the last couple of weeks ago, he made another one and again five for fighting on youtube um he he's resurrected it and uh and already getting some subscribers and he's putting up videos and uh a lot of it's uh like um people that have filmed at the game because they because there were so many people that watched his old east coast league channel i mean we you know i won't go on and on about it we, you know, we beat that topic to death but um it was a really popular channel and uh and I think a lot of the fans uh, want to help them out. So they record stuff with their phones like everyone does nowadays at the game. And they basically send him the video and he puts it on YouTube. And uh, he's had some great fan submissions. So definitely check it out. Um, like I said, the East Coast League's been hot, man. There's been some really good tilts this year and uh, early on. So definitely give it. Anthony Collins had a real good one the other night. How, Travis Howes looked unreal. He's looked really good. Had a great fight with Neubauer again. Um, or Newber. Kyle, I, why do I say Neubauer? Neuber. I don't know. Where am I getting Neubauer from? I don't know. Kyle Neuber. And um, it's like, I think, I, like, there's sometimes with names, it's either people I've worked with or guys that I know, went to high school, whatever. I get, and for some reason, it just gets in my head to say the name. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, but yes, Kyle Neuber. They had a great fight. But, uh, yeah, some really great fights in the East Coast League this year. So, definitely uh, head over to Alex's channel, Fire for Fighting again. Um, hit subscribe. Also, while you're there, Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. Hit subscribe on mine. I have 2,500 fight videos, so I think you'll find something you dig on there. 
And then D, my boy Jay there and I, D Skunk, like the letter D and then skunk like the animal, D Skunk. And he's been doing it for years. And like I've, I've said a bunch of times the last couple of days or the last couple of episodes, I've been, I finally brought his channel up. I've known Jay for a while. He's been on my show a bunch of times. And like I said, it was kind of a revelation to me. I don't, I was sitting there the one night in the chair. It's super late. And I'm watching his channel on my smart TV with one eye open. I'm kind of half, all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, I have never mentioned this channel on the show before. And I was like, that was rather rude of me. Um, and he, like, I mean, he's been putting up Southern Pro fights here for the last couple of years. He's out in Quad City, of course. Um, but going back, I mean, he's got old Quad City Flame stuff on there. Uh, Mallard stuff, like old Little John shit. And I mean, he's got some stuff from years gone by. So definitely check out his channel. He's got some great stuff on there. And, uh, and there's a new channel in the game. Um, my past guest here on, uh, on Sunday, Jordan, out in the Maritimes, um, we of course discussed the, uh, late 90s, 2000s, uh, Quebec Junior Hockey League tough guys. And, uh, I hope people, I, I, I know people, um, it's actually been received really well. A lot of listens and, uh, I know people enjoyed the conversation. I know on a, on a personal standpoint, I certainly did. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a Western League guy out here in Saskatchewan. So, um, I mean, I knew some of the names out in the Quebec League, but, um, it was, it was good to, like, Jordan always went to the Cape Breton games. So, um, you know, he had, obviously first first hand experience with it so um it was cool to talk to him and he shared some stories and um and afterwards he had kind of mentioned that um he just he kind of enjoyed he enjoyed coming on the show so much and and with all the youtube channels and stuff he actually created a youtube channel and it's called five and a game five and a game <clears throat> and um yeah and, and i he's just starting out so he's only got a couple of videos on there but um one of the things that he did was kind of a kind of a little 10 minute kind of documentary kind of deal on Samuel Duplain and um and I really hope he continues it and and it's always and he kind of oh you know I was on the show and kind of inspired me to do the YouTube thing um which was really cool to to hear um you know and anytime I hear that or you know oh I'm going to start a podcast because of you or whatever um you know that's happened a few times you know whether it be that for me for good or bad but um <laughs> uh, but no seriously it's um I think anytime, um, anytime someone has a passion for something and creates something, I think is always a good thing. And, um, I hopefully he sticks with it. Um, and going forward, because like I said, he's got a lot of knowledge about the Quebec, the Quebec junior scene, as well as the LNAH. And, uh, I really hope he continues and I enjoyed his do plane video. And, um, like I said, I hope he, I hope he continues to do more and, and I hope you guys, um, support it uh like i said go to the five in a game go like he's got three or four videos on there right now but you know obviously hey every youtube channel started with one video right so i mean uh get in on the ground floor and hit subscribe let's get him some subscribers and uh and and i I always think uh, encourage creation and um you know uh i I i think it's really cool um you know not only with the youtube channel but with like a podcast or a blog or a vlog, I guess, and or, or starting a Facebook group. Steve from when Probert was Keg, he um, he just started a, a, a new Facebook group called Legends in Black and White, and uh, you know, and I and like I said, anything um, where people create something and create content, um, 
to me, I, I think is cool. And, uh, and I, and I think that should be, um, supported. And so I hope everyone goes and not only checks out, uh, Jordan's, um, YouTube channel, also Steve's Facebook page. Um, there is the, well, of course I had Steve on a few weeks ago. Drop your gloves 2.0, if you will, is coming. Um, they're just, obviously it's a huge undertaking, working out some kinks, adding data, and, uh, you know, go back and listen to that episode. He, Steve explains the whole thing. So, you know, um, far better than I can. But, um, again, I've, I've had people ask about the new, you know, when's that, there was not site going to be made and all this stuff. And he was doing a GoFundMe last year. And yeah, no, don't worry. He didn't fucking take the money and jump, jump the border to Mexico or anything. Um, no, it, it all went in and he is passionate about the project. Um, I've seen the test version of the site. Um, and it's going to be really cool. Again, it's a beginning of something. It's a creation. Um, and I hope all the listeners out there, I hope you guys support it. Um, if you can, if you have data to add, uh, please, please get a hold of Steve and do so. Um, yeah. And I think it'll be a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think anytime somebody creates something, uh, us as a kind of a fight community, if you will, should support it because it's, it, there's so few and far between and, um, you know, why not? Right. Like I said, encourage that sort of thing. But, uh, yes, five in a game, YouTube channel, check it out. So there's the plugs for the, oh, and well, and I gotta say, I, like I said, a shout out to the, uh, to the wounded out there. I got Tim, uh, you know, Tim's probably losing pounds like left and right, you know, um, you know, on that liquid diet with his broken jaw. So he's probably losing weight. You know, he'll be skinny as a rail, you know, stick out his tongue. He'll look like a zipper. I've heard he's lost a lot of weight. He's got to run around in the shower to get wet. So, uh, you know, hopefully once that jaw heals, you know, he can get back at it and get back to, you know, getting out to the In-N-Out Burger or the Shake Shack or wherever he happens to eat. But I hope he's, I hope his jaw is healing. And then of course you got Charlie with the bad back. I mean, you know, so it's really taken a, it's really cramped his gymnastics, but, uh, hopefully he will, uh, he'll get a surgery here right away and, uh, he'll be back and, uh, back and swinging in no time. So I hope you two guys are doing well. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. And hopefully, you know, this will take your mind off it for a little while. Um, yeah. Sorry, Tim. I don't have a list. I, I don't have a list today. Now I feel bad. But, well, I got a player spot. Like, that's kind of like a list. I guess we list his fights. But, you know. Uh, oh, Tim's just excited that his flyers are fighting. I saw an article. Somebody said, oh, the Broad Street bullies are back. It's like, well, I guess, I don't know. It's, uh, I think we're sort of clinging to something, uh, you know, at that point. But, I mean, hey, DeLorean and them have been fighting. I mean, I can't, can't say they haven't been. They have got, you know, again, for 2022 they're fighting. But, um, I actually, I like the kid. He's, he's all right. Um, you know, I have no problem with, with, with him. Um, at le- you know, at least they're doing it right. Um, you know, but this, this idea that the broad street bullies are back is kind of, it, it, the article amused me at any rate, but, uh, so I said how we're just clinging, just clinging to anything, I guess at this point, but, uh, no, the flyers have been doing some scrapping and, uh, you know, so, Hey, why not? Hey, you know, we, I sit and yell every weekend about these guys soft and shit and all blah, blah, blah. Well, if they're going to have a couple fight, if they're going to be doing, having a couple fights each week, I can't really shit on them. I really can't. Um, 
you know, I mean, there's plenty of teams to shit on, but the Flyers are not one of them at this point. So well, I don't know how great their record. I don't follow it. I don't think their record's that great, but I don't know. They're fighting anyway. I mean, if you're going to win on the scoreboard, at least win some tilts. I mean, Jesus, win something, right? So, but, um, yeah. What are we going to get into here, folks? Um, <clears throat> well, some ice wars. Well, not ice wars itself. Oh, I've been asked. I will point. I will say this. I've been asked by a number of people about Ice Wars Three. Um, I do. I don't know. I've. I have not. I've legit haven't heard anything. Um, you know, the rumors are all bouncing around. I've seen it online. I've seen people talking. I know. You know, I'm to add to the rumors. It's not like oh, I mean, I've had AJ on the show and I've had all the Ice Wars guys in the shows and stuff. So, but I don't have an like. I don't know. Sometimes people send me messages thinking. You know, I have an in, uh, you know, to, I talk to AJ on a daily basis to get the lowdown on what's happening. No. Um, and if something was told to me in confidence, I'm certainly not going to come on here and say anything. Um, all I know, and this is all I've heard, the rumors that I've heard is that might either, the next one is going to be early in the new year, around February. And the two places I keep hearing are either in Florida or Montreal. Those are the two places. I don't know where in Florida, they just said Florida and Montreal. Now, whether there's any truth to that, I'm just saying those are the rumors that I've heard floating around, so whatever, take it as you... I said personally on a on a very selfish note, I hope it's back in Edmonton for a third time, but that's just me. I said, Edmonton, I told AJ, well, I said, Edmonton should be your home base. I don't know how that how successful that would work out for the for the whole. Well, I, I I think as for fighters, I don't think they want to come to Ed, Edmonton in the summer is fine, but I don't think anybody wants to go to Edmonton in February. I th- I think Florida would be a would be I think would be very welcomed by the players. So, um, but yeah. So as far as I like I said, I've had people ask me. I I honestly I don't know. I don't know who's I don't know what the setup is. I don't know who's going to be in it uh, or anything like that. So. Um, the moment I've, I hear anything and I'm told I can share the news, uh, of course I will be on here sharing it. So, um, but speaking of Ice Wars competitors, of course, uh, the champ, Daniel Amesbury, who is now, who is playing for, uh, Danbury in the federal hockey league right now. Um, he has a fight coming up December 9th and it's a boxing match on Barstool's rough and rowdy pay-per-view that Barstool does. Um, I have never, I have heard of these. I've seen clips. I have never ordered it or watched a full one or anything. I'm assuming they're like the old, well, I'm not assuming they are like the old man tough, the old tough man contest with the boxing gloves and stuff. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know who aim, the guy, whoever Amesbury's fighting has been in this before because they showed this guy's clip. I don't know. He just kind of a, kind of a bigger, soft, white, pudgy white guy. Um, and he won his last fight in the rough and rowdy. I don't can't, his name is escaping me at the moment, but, uh, Amesbury is going to fight him on December 9th and Amesbury cut a pretty good promo there wearing his trashers jersey and, uh, and that, that was pretty funny. So December 9th for you folks, then the rough and rowdy, uh, Daniel Amesbury will be getting, climbing into the boxing ring. So, well, I don't know how much boxing, Dan, I know he has boxed a little bit. And of course, uh, at Ice Wars, the last two Ice Wars, he actually had Canadian, uh, heavyweight boxer Ken Lacusta in his corner. Um, so obviously he has done boxing. Now, how much? I'm not sure. But, uh, and I don't know how much his opponent's done. So, 
you, you know, obviously they're not putting in there, putting him in with, against a pro fighter or anything. So, um, you know, we'll see how it translates from ice to, to ring. So good luck to Daniel. I hope he does well. And, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see on December 9th. So, uh, but before that though, December 2nd and 3rd, uh, Danbury is set to play Columbus in the Federal League for the first time this year. And the significance of that is, of course, as I said, Amesbury is on Danbury. But you know who's on Columbus? Justin Schmidt. So there you go. So it's a, it, it's a home-and-home home series. And, uh, yeah, we could see the Ice Wars champs. Of course, uh, Justin Schmidt and Ice Wars 2 won the cruiserweight type tournament. And, of course, Amesbury won the heavyweight one. So that'll be, I'm uh, you know, I'm sure those guys are itching. And... Um, I don't think they'll have to be talked into scrapping. So, um, the only thing that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure obviously Amesbury is going to go for it against Schmidt. Um, the only thing that I could see him maybe preventing it is, of course, he does have the boxing match on Rough and Rowdy on the ninth. So he might, but you never know. But I think if they're both out there and, and, you know, the invitation's thrown out, um, I can't see Amesbury really turning it down. So, um, I have not been keeping up with the Federal League. I am not quite sure if Ames... I, I don't know if Amesbury's fought yet. I think he might have fought in his first game. But it was a pretty quick bout. Um, but yeah, it, uh You know, we'll see. I know Schmidt fought Pace the other day, again, for uh, for the umpteenth time. But as they started going, the linesman, as he was closing in on the fight, fell and wiped them all out like a bowling pin. So that ended the fight prematurely. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh but yes, yeah, some uh some Daniel Amesbury news. Uh but uh and then uh I mean, we'll move away from that and um yeah, I got to I got to bring this up. Um once again, Twitter strikes in typical form. Um of course, a couple weeks ago, you guys remember, I mean it it was all over social media um and it was the the Philadelphia Toronto game when Austin Matthews got into it at the end of the game and didn't do anything and there was a big line scrum whatever and Giordano had to come in for him and it was Matthews and Konechny were getting into it and whatever <clears throat> and Mike Rupp took to social media and basically did a video breakdown and was just basically questioning Matthews like what the fuck are you doing and blah 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 um I'm, I, and I played the audio on this show a few weeks ago. I'm sure everyone listening, or the majority of you listening, or if you don't know what I'm talking about, just type in right, Mike Rupp talks about Austin Matthews. And you'll see his video breakdown. He talks about it for about a minute and a half and just was like describing, like just saying how Matthews needs to kind of net up and everything else and what's he doing. Um, anyway, so t- uh, today... Uh, a gentleman named Sean Ferris on Twitter, um, who apparently works for Evolving Hockey and Hockey at Hockey Graphs. Uh, yeah, for my hockey content. Love to tell stories with data is his uh, profile. So we know where this is going already. Um, well, he just puts on Twitter, like he's showing the clip of the, of, or he's playing the Mike Rupp video. Of the breakdown, and then he he he, t- he subtweets. It says the Leafs are nine one and three since this freak tweeted this. See now, why? Like what do we like? So Mike Rupp's a freak. 
And and it just and it's funny. Uh, I've said it on here a few times and everything else. Um, I don't have an issue with the analytics people or analytics in sports. Um, they're another tool to use. I'm not that ignorant to say that they're not. Um, I'm not going to sit there and break down and, oh, I know this, that. I mean, they have more stats and they've come up. <coughs> oh, that's another thing, folks. I don't know what I'm, I'm battling here. Uh, you know, cold and flu season here. So, uh, pardon me. <clears throat> As I talk, sometimes my I get irritated and I'll cough a little bit. So, I apologize. Um, anyway, um, I don't, I'm not going to go on and on. Like, I know all the math formulas that these guys come up with and all this shit, whatever. Um but they've they I've I've been on, now I've been on social media for ten years so I've read on Twitter I've seen all these hockey hockey guys back and forth and whatever um, I will say without a shadow of a doubt I have never and when it comes to hockey Twitter so to speak um, I mean fanboy goofs and all that I mean those are buffoons to begin with but uh, you know that kind of goes without saying but these. Analytic, again, I'm not paintbrushing the entire analytic community, but I, more often than not, I'm saying that these guys, and it wasn't like Mike Rupp was getting into an argument with this guy, and he was going back and forth. This guy just randomly tweeted this. The amount of arrogance, well, not, and, and just the ignorance shown to former players by these analytic guys, and, and generally new fans in general, um, just, oh, the game's changed. You don't get it and all this stuff. And it's funny reading the replies to this. Um, all these, I, I laugh at a lot, a lot of these guys. They, if you read their little fucking profiles, they really fancy themselves as like hockey experts and shit. They have no clue what Mike Rupp is talking about in this video. All they're upset about is he's making fun of their favoritist. And, oh, and the one guy brings up, well, yeah, Mike Rupp maybe played 600 games, but he had 54 career goals. Osto had 60. Oh, okay. That, that's not what he's talking about at all. And they, But right away, the Leaf little fanboys have to come in there and just, you know, so Rupp's a dummy and doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, who? I love that one. Like, that's that's my favorite on, on Twitter, the genre of Twitter is these clowns that literally have seven followers and they tweet at some guy that has 50, 60, 100,000 million followers or whatever. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, Mike Rupp, how many? Yeah, Mike Rupp's got 82,000 followers. So some clown with seven. Who are you? Like, oh, oh, sweet burn, bro. Yeah, you know, and like, uh, yeah, oh, our franchise player should never be fighting and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, well, this guy, he's not wrong. This is Exhibit A as to why they lost six straight first-round series. Of course, this guy, this is Exhibit A as to why you and Rupp are clowns. You know, oh, yeah. But then you go look at his profile. Oh, Leafs, Jays, and Raps. His Twitter handle is Go Leafs Go 1985. Well, there you go. You're gonna get a real, you know, honest opinion from that guy. Oh yeah, and then Mike Rupp. Who's that? From a guy who calls himself Hockey Business. Hockey Business's focus is on the business side of hockey of the industry, consumers, and fans. 
Well, yeah, hockey business. You have no business being in hockey if you're going to talk shit like that. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's just embarrassing. Oh, uh, this one guy, yeah, he replied. I mean, this freak played 600 games in the NHL. This guy replied, yes, he did. One got 54 goals his whole career. One got 60 in a season. Two different players completely. And he knows that. Okay, well, and then what? Oh, James. Well, thanks, James. He's a man of integrity, humble and kind, sarcastic. Leafs fan. Right there. There you go. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this guy replies, and that's the point from the perspective of the guys who had to st- a perspective from the guys who had to stand up for Matthews. It's not exactly inspiring to see your star player shy away when things get heated, especially when the star player instigated the situation. Thank you, KM. Exactly. Of course, this guy replies, I didn't see him instigate anything other than normal back and forth shit, uh, which none of which required any player to fight over. Well, but they did. Like you know, everyone's tried to go out, so they did. His teammates got in there as they should, like other teams do, nothing more than that. And he knows that. Started something out of nothing, in my opinion. Yeah. And then this guy, again, he replies to it. Yes, it was relatively normal shit. Everyone knows Matthews was never going to have to fight in that situation. Yet he still refused to simply grab someone and pair up to show his teammates who jumped to his defense that he has their backs in the most minor way possible. You see, KM's getting it here. This is true, but I still don't think an ex-NHLer should be making such a video and pointing out every little detail in it. It's ridiculous. He was doing it to make him look bad. It's not a good look. Okay, well, first of all, dumb shit, did you not... Mike Rupp, he is a studio and color analyst for the NHL Network. That's his fucking job. Like, oh. But again, the fans just can't get past it. That's, that's Rupp's job. And he's explaining, and he explained in detail in the video what he's talking about. Oh, every little detail. No, did you even look at the video? Probably not. It's just, oh, I, it's just idiocy. Idiocy. And these, and these analytic guys, it's like, out of the blue, like, why, like, what, Mike Rupp's a freak. What does that, what does that mean? Like, why, why would you say that? Like, okay. Like, the thing that, that with these guys is when when you say stupid shit like this, see, uh, that's the thing. And on the, but on the next breath, you'll sit and cry that the hockey, the old boys in the hockey community and hockey culture don't support analytics because they don't get it and blah blah blah. And we're the next generation, and this is the wave of the future in hockey and all this. You, it's you little Matt. It's, you couldn't play. So you and so you got your calculators out and came out with formulas to make you feel a part of the game, and that's fine. As I said at the start, I'm not discounting analytics. I think some people put way too much of a, 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 a emphasis on analytics. But I've always said with the analytic thing, the one thing that numbers can't do is you can't numbers can't no equation or numbers can and a calculator can calculate emotion. And heart. And what a physical presence brings. And that's why these analytic guys don't like these fourth line guys. The Mike Rupps of the world. Because they can't analyze them. They can't put a number on them. So, oh, they just become... Oh, they were old goons. They couldn't play anymore. They're goons. They're useless. And all this. Like, 
Mike Rupp has spent, like you said, 600 games in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup in the New Jersey Devils. He is he has been coached by by excellent hockey minds. He's been around star players, been on planes, been in dressing rooms, been on the bench, practiced with them, played with them. But you're just gonna fucking dismiss all that because your numbers say so. Like, because he only had 54 career goals. Okay, do you not like? And it's not just in hockey; it's in the world in general these days. But the it's amazing as a society in, in many walks of life how we no longer put any value into institutional knowledge. And sports has been great at. I mean, especially hockey, because hockey has changed over the years and the mindset towards the game has changed and the rules have made the game different and everything like baseball and football and basketball have had, had slight rule changes and everything else, but nothing like hockey where the, and the, and the game dramatically changes at the end of the year when the playoffs come and football and baseball, when the playoffs start, the game doesn't change. You know, it's the same in hockey. The game changes Many times, unbelievable the change in the game uh, come playoff time. Much more physical, you know, everyone's getting into it and the emotions are up and everything else. Um, Hockey's the only sport in the world that does that, that that I can recall, that I recall that, or that I can think of that changes come playoff time that dramatically. Um, But where was my point? What was I going with this? But yeah, it's just... But I, I, I've never seen, a, like like I said, I've been on social media for a long time on Twitter, been immersed in hockey Twitter because, not that I want to be, but I I, I need to be because of this show. I have to stay on top of things. Um, uh, I've often said if it wasn't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't be on social media at all. Um, well, I wouldn't be on Twitter. I'd probably stay, I'd probably keep my Facebook account just because I like putting up the pictures and the videos and, and interacting with people and on that, in that form. Um, Twitter, Twitter drives me nuts. Like with just, like I said, with these buffoons. And, and like I said, you don't have to agree with Mike Rupp. I'm not saying you know, whatever, but to sit there and name call him and then just dismiss him like, oh, he was just a goof, like, or a freak or whatever. It's just like, you know, at the same time, but if someone goes and dismisses your little pie graph, oh, all of a sudden it's, oh, what do you mean? You don't get it. And this isn't hockey now. And you're old. You don't understand. And, you know, you jump up and down and whatever. But, but it's okay for you to run around and call. Like I said, you're like, just think about the, just as I say it, just think of the idiocy. Here's someone who played 600 professional or 600 NHL games, won a Stanley Cup, is now an analyst on the NHL network. And you fucking bozos on Twitter with your eight followers are going to call him a moron. He doesn't get a moron and a goof and a freak and he doesn't get it. And like, just what are we doing? What are we doing? And you see it all the time. It was the other night. It was like, well, Grant Fuhrer was getting into it with some troll. And this guy's like, oh, what do you know? Yeah, you won five rings 30 years ago. Okay. Like, is that like, was that, that's your big burn? 
yeah, you won championships, but they were three decades ago. Well, yeah, because the dude's in his 60s now. Like, yeah, okay. I, I don't think that's the big savage. Come burn like you think it is there, dude. But this, but these are these idiots. And, and I mean, some of them are trolls and they'll just chirp off and whatever. But other people legitimately think that. And, and like I said, it's just the ignorance of it all just, it gets to me. And, and like I said, just to dismiss a former player's opinion is, is so, you don't have to agree with it. I don't agree with everything every ex-player says. That's not the point of what I'm saying here. But you can't dismiss it. Like, you know, what would he know? Really? But you have all these people say, oh, don't worry about it, Sean. It's just a goon. Like, they're siding with Calculator Boy here. Like, he has any experience in any of this. You know, never been in a fucking locker room in his life. Never played a sport. You know, like, he has no idea. Oh, he can he can go on break down the stats for you and oh this guy's ice time and you know how fast he skates through the neutral zone on Tuesdays and daylight savings time but I mean other than that like you know he couldn't actually perform it though but and he'll sit and call an ex-NHL player a freak it's just like I said the ignorance and it's just like I and just as a society it's amazing you know and maybe I get maybe I'm more sensitive to it as I get older you know, and it's just, you know, because I've been told a million times on Twitter and everything that I'm out of touch. And I see the young guys at work. I listen to them talk. I see it on social media, you know, and I was there. I went through all that in my late teens and 20s and early 20s and stuff when, yeah, you think you're smart, you know everything. And as you get older, you quickly realize you didn't really fucking know anything, um, you know, but you, you can't learn. You'll learn that through um, time, right? And, uh, yeah, but I, I, so I think it, I guess as I, like I said, as I get older, I guess I'm more sensitive to it when it's, but I, I just, I, I just don't understand this. Uh, we just dismiss, um, experience. That's just mind blowing to me. But anyway, that, that's my rant on that type of thing. Um, what else am I going to talk about? Um, uh, hold on. Where's my where's my sticky notes here? Like I said, I wrote everything down. So, um, oh yeah, player spotlight. Um, yeah. Well, um, oh yeah. What do I say? I didn't say it at the start of these episodes. I'm not going to talk for long today, folks. Um, I probably won't actually. As I said, it's almost ten o'clock on Tuesday night here, and I still have to upload it and do all that shit. So, um, I will. I'm not that I'm going to rush through this, but um, I really don't have too much more to you know. Well, I have something else at the end, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll do this now. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even a bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, today's player spotlight. Um, 
Oh, like I said you could. I, you know, there's lots of them and stuff. But I, I happen to be. Um, what was I doing? Somebody sent me a link to his fight the other night. Um, at John Erskine, you know, big old D man. Um, yeah, and and it got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, there's a guy. I haven't really heard much about him lately since his retirement. And um, I always liked Erskine. And again, he was an OHL guy <coughs> in the late '90s, so I didn't see a lot of him. Um, but some of the fights. Oh, I was going to say with the player spotlight, I people have been really enjoying them, and that's cool. And um, but I, I often get, well, you just kind of talk about the NHL stuff. Why don't you ever mention junior, or the minors, and stuff? I mean, I would, but I, I want to talk about fights that are on YouTube. So as maybe as you're listening to the episode, you can go on YouTube and like follow along and watch the fights that I'm talking about. I mean, I don't want to sit. Well, I, I put on one of my fight DVDs and I watched a bunch of his fights. Oh, you guys should see them. They're great, but they're not on YouTube. So you'll, they won't make any sense or won't mean anything to you when you can't see it or you just get frustrated. Or you should see this fight. It's the greatest fight I've ever seen. I haven't put it on YouTube yet though, but you know, someday you might see it. I mean, that's not really, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, um, if, if their fights are up there, I'll maybe, from now on, maybe I'll mention some of them, which I do in this episode, or this episode, which I do in this spotlight with Erskine. Um, so going forward, if I know maybe a junior fight or an NH, or a minor league fight is on, um, YouTube that's particularly good, I'll, I'll mention it. I'm not trying to just, uh, that was the only reason I was sort of being NHL, um, focused on these player spotlights, just due to the fact that the footage is there. Um, if so, for those asking, that's why. Um, oh, believe me, I would love to do like an AHL guy and break it all down if all their fights were on there. You know, I'd actually much prefer that over an NHL guy. But you know, it's, I'm just doing this out of you know, just because, like I said, the footage is out there. So, but uh, with John Erskine, yeah, he's an Ontario guy, born in Kingston, six four, two twenty five. Yeah, he played. Uh, Three years with the London Knights in the uh, Ontario Hockey League. I uh, was drafted by the Dallas Stars in the second round, 39th overall in the 98 draft. Um, ended up playing 491 NHL career NHL games, 54 points, 865 minutes. Um, the problem with Erskine is he was really he, he had he was injury prone, and it was concussions, and uh, I think that's ultimately what. Um, uh, kind of, kind of led to an, led to an early retirement. Ah, give or t- well, maybe not. He was thirty three, but he had battled a lot of injuries and stuff like that. But still, four hundred ninety one games for a guy that played that way and a big defenseman like that that had some tough injuries. Um, but yeah, it. Um, I I will say at the at the start, uh, as I said, he was an OHL guy. Some of the OHL fights that are available that I highly recommend you checking out on YouTube. Um, first is a fight with Darcy Harris and Darcy Harris is tremendous. There's another guy. I'm a big fan of Darcy Harris. Um, he, uh, there's the fight is it's on like three different, there's three different videos of it. Um, I would go to the, the YouTube, uh, channel, uh, Chewy Luke one. Um, you'll see if you type in John Erskine versus Darcy Harris, the first three videos, I think it's the third one. It's, that's the name of the, of the uh, account. The other two, the footage is really shitty, but this one, the Chewy Luke one channel, it's, it's really clear. And that is a great fight. They go toe to toe. Um, a couple other junior fights. Uh, actually two of these are on my, um, fourth line voice 
YouTube channel. A great fight with Kit Brennan and a really good fight with Sean McMorrow in the OHL. And uh, another one with Brendan Coulter. Um, those are the, those are the kind of the four OHL fights I can, I can recommend to you. Um, yeah, Erskine looks dominant and I know the fight with him and, and Kip Brennan in OHL circles at the time that was considered like the heavyweight championship fight. And, um, yeah, it, it was a great tilt and, um, yeah, definitely check those out. I was really happy that, that those were on YouTube. Um, well, his, uh, his first year of pro, he turns pro, it's 2000, 2001. He plays, uh, it's actually the final season in the IHL with the Utah Grizzlies. He plays 77 games. He has, uh, 284 minutes of penalties. And, um, yeah, and I mean, he, you know, um, has some, uh, great fight card. Darcy Hordachuk, Barry Drager, uh, Wade Brookbank, Mike Ruark, uh, Dodie Wood. Um, it actually fights Marty McSorley in Marty's, uh, when Marty was playing for the Grand Rapid Griffins that year. Um, I have, I have that Grand Rapid DVD. That is, uh, it says unfair. I'm looking at Erskine's old drop your gloves card. Oh, I should bring up Erskine had 80 NHL career fights according to drop your gloves. I have his old drop your gloves card up here. So that's kind of what I'm going by. Um, it says McSorley, it says unfair. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but I'll have to look that up. I have that DVD somewhere. Um, but yeah, 2001, uh, 2001, 2002, as I said, he was drafted by the Dallas Stars. Um, he, he makes his NHL debut. He's just 21 years old, man. And, uh, he, he splits duties between the Utah, which is now in the American League. He plays 39 games there, but he also plays 33 games, um, with, with the Dallas Stars that year. And, uh, yeah, nine fights. So he comes out of the gate hard. And, um, again, uh, his first, well, he has a preseason fight with Scott Parker. It's not bad. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, Parker catches him and, uh, it's hard to tell from the camera angle if Parker catches him clean, but, uh, it's sort of a TKO, TKO-ish, but it's a loss nonetheless. But again, you're, it starts off with Parker in the preseason. Um, he gets sent down. Um, but his actual, when he comes back up in December, December 22nd, uh, is in Columbus and it's his first regular season NHL fight. And it is against Jody Shelley of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, um, yeah, it's, it's solid tilt. They go back and forth. Like I said, two big guys kind of, kind of stretched out, kind of Jersey jabbing. Um, it's, it's interesting. The first couple of years of going down the Erskine rabbit hole, Erskine actually doesn't do a lot of jersey jabbing. He's, he, he leans back and he's got his arm back, but I'm, it's, and he's, he's strictly a right-handed fighter for sure. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really throw a lot of the jersey jabs, which is interesting. Shelley certainly did in this fight. Um, but it was bad. It wasn't bad. But, uh, January 18th, uh, against Florida, he fights Paul Laws, which was kind of, eh, you know, whatever. It wasn't much of a fight. But then he fights Joey Tedarenko, and this fight is awesome. And uh, for those that don't know, I had Joey Tedarenko on the show last year. I've actually had him on twice. Um, the first time, of course, we did his whole career, talked about all that. The second time was like his five toughest opponents. And both times were really great, but I really encourage you to go back and check out the... And it's got to be... Oh, it's got to be like episode six or seven, I think. It was one of the... I did it on my old platform, and then I re-uploaded it. 
because it was such a good interview. Joey Tedarenko is a tremendous interview. Really nice guy. A lot of fun to talk to. And I always, I always encourage everybody, um, as far as the back catalog goes to check out that interview because he tells some really great NHL stories. And I'm, I mean, it's been uh, three years ago since I think that interview. So I'm pretty sure we probably would have talked about this fight because it was so good. But yeah, him and, him and Erskine smacked the shit out of each other. And one thing is quickly evident when you watch this fight is, uh, well, Joey as well, but John Erskine can take a punch and he does not, they hammer each other. And that, that's a really good one. I can't, I, that would be my highlight fight of 0102 for, for John Erskine would be to definitely, um, check out that fight with Joey Tedarenko. Um, and then it's interesting the following year after that, uh, 0203, he only plays 16 games with Dallas and ends up playing 52 in Utah. Um, Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, two, oh, three. And, um, he has a couple fights with Sean Thornton in the preseason. Um, it, it's weird seeing Thornton wearing the Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Um, they, they have two fights in the same game and eh, give, give a couple, take a couple. They're not, you know, it's nothing too spectacular. Um, right at the end of the year, the new year, he, uh, he gets called up, fights Reed Lowe, Buckberger, Nazaroff, eh, whatever. Um, his fight with, uh, Brad May, though. On uh, February 21st, that Brad Mays playing for Phoenix. That's a really good fight. Um, you know, they, they go toe to toe. Good, good scrap. Um, and then he gets sent back down. He finishes out the season in the American League. Um, then we start the 0304 year. Uh, he plays 30, he's 23 years old, kind of starting to get, you know, kind of getting his feet wet. And, uh, yeah, 0304 is kind of, he plays five games in the, in the American League, but he plays, uh, 32 games in the NHL. And, uh, this is kind of where, like, you can see he kind of, he kind of gets the, the, the injury bug here. Um, he starts off, he starts off really fast. Uh, he has three fights in the preseason. Chris Simon, DJ King, and Chris McAllister. Um, definitely look up the DJ King, uh, fight. Um, they're, they're, I will say, DJ King Lent. Well, there's another guy I'm going to do a player spotlight on. DJ King. Actually, I want to get him on the show. Um, he lands some heavy shots on Erskine in this fight. Um, and Erskine really shows his chin. Um, he doesn't go down, but he, he takes some shots. Um, but it's, it's a good one. Um, and he fights, uh, Burnett, Matt Johnson, Shelley again. Um, and then he gets hurt and he comes, uh, he, he kind of, and then he comes back in November a little bit. Um, and he kind of, and one of his first fights back, he fights Chris McAllister again. Um, and he, and he kind of catches McAllister. I'd give us, you know, kind of a TKO, uh, win for him. That's a big win. Um, you know, a couple nights later, he fights Garrett Burnett, cuts him open. Um, and then, and then again, right out a couple weeks later, he fights Grant Marshall and, and drops Marshall and he looks really strong in that fight. So, you know, it, it, in the, in the space of about, uh, a week and a half, he has two TKO wins and busts up Garrett Burnett. So, um, I, you can kind of feel like he's kind of getting the feeling here. Um, you know, of NHL life. And, uh, you know, and then we, of course, we go into the 0405 season. Of course, unfortunately for, for everyone, um, uh, was the lockout year, but he's in, uh, he's in U- or, uh, Houston. Pardon me. <clears throat> Plays 61 games, has 238 minutes. 18 fights 
And again, he has fights with uh, Brandon Sugden, Yablonski, Vandermeer three times, Rocky, Tutu, Doug Dahl. Um, yeah, so he's really finding his way here. And then 0506 is his first time um, in the NHL. He's a, you know he plays 0506. He starts with Iowa three games, but then he's actually um, you know and then he's with Dallas, plays 26 games with Dallas, and then he's traded to the Islanders. At the dead, 34 games with them. So, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, the split year there. Um, he has 14 tilts. Um, that's, that's the one thing with Erskine as we go on in his career here. Um, his fighting really declines. His fight card is tremendous. He's always fighting tough guys, but he really dials down the fighting. And I think, you know, obviously with the injuries that he's had and everything else, um, yeah, it just it slows down his his overall fighting, but the fights are still really good. He just doesn't do it a lot. But uh, this one, he fights Peros. It's interesting when he fights Peros uh, in the one game. Um, it's it's weird to see George with no mustache. He's playing with the LA Kings. He's like, what is he fifty number fifty six? I think that's his number uh, with the Kings, and he's he's got no stash. But actually, the one night when they fight, it's uh, October twentieth. It's the second time that year that they fought. Uh, Peros actually has a Gordie Howe hat trick that night. So, um, you know, overall the fight's not bad. It's, I mean, it's nothing, you know, it's not, was it the greatest fight ever? No, but you know, it's two big guys, but it's a decent scrap. Um, later that year, probably his two big fights that year. Nah, actually Cam Jansen, uh, March 2nd and then March 7th. Uh, and this is when he's playing with, with Erskine's playing with the Islanders. Of course, in typical fashion, the fights go for about a minute and a half each. And they're long, drawn-out affairs. And I will say with Cam, when you watch these fights, um, watch the watch Jansen's the way he counterpunches Erskine. It's really interesting because, of course, Erskine's got the length on him, right? And he's got him stretched out. But every time Erskine goes, like, Cam will just kind of go with the punch but quickly comes back and he counterpunches. And the one fight, he must counterpunch and lands solid about six times. And, uh, yeah, you'll know what I mean when you watch it. Watch, watch both of them, he does it. But Cam's really good at, like, the counterpunching. Um, you know, I know on Drop Your Gloves, they got Cam, uh, Erskine losing both of the fights. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they go back and forth. They're, they're so long. The stamina both these guys have. The stamina Jansen has is unbelievable. I mean, but Erskine's with him the whole way. And, uh, you know, and for a big guy like that at his size to carry the weight that he's carrying to fight for a minute. And especially a defenseman. I mean, that's the thing. The ice time that he's getting and then to go fight a guy for a minute and a half. I mean, unbelievable cardio. And, uh, yeah. And then he, he has a really good fight with Andre Waugh, who at that time is playing for Pittsburgh. Um, again, uh, you know, decent fight. And then, uh, he rounds out the year, um, with a really, with a really strong fight with, um, uh, Eric Karens. Uh, Karens hits a guy from behind, kind of. Guy kind of turns into the boards. You can tell him, kind of, but Karens is so bloody big, right? He just squishes the shit out of this guy. Um, but right away, Erskine just beelines to him and they square off and they go and Erskine catches him and Karens goes down. Um, he wasn't lying there, you know, trainers didn't have to come out or anything, but Erskine catches him and, uh, you know, and it, it was just a solid looking win for John. And, um, yeah, so that's how he, that's how he ended that, he ended that season. Um, and then it's interesting, 06, 07, 
it's you know after all that he kind of he gets sent to Hershey, which is kind of weird. Like he plays in the preseason, then he goes to Hershey, um, and then he's traded to Washington, and he ends up playing uh, uh, twenty nine games that year. Um, gets into six tilts. Uh, you know, Chris, uh, and he has some actually some really good fights. Um, one with Chris Simon when Simon's with uh, with the Islanders. Um, that's not bad. Uh, has a really good fight with uh, Brian McGratton. And, um, you know, they're going back. Like I said, two big guys are going back and forth toe-to-toe. McGratton kind of catches them. Um, but it's a really good fight. I encourage you to go back and check that out. It's Merlin McGratton's with Ottawa. And, um, you know, later that, two nights later, he fights Sean Thornton, who's playing for Anaheim at this time. They kind of go toe-to-toe. There's a little bit of blood. Again, not a bad fight. Um, yeah, and then round three versus Cam Jansen, you know, which is always entertaining. Um, you know, so it's, it's a real, uh, kind of a a different year. And like I said, at this point, he's, he's really fighting less and less. Um, but again, when you, when you bring up Chris Simon, McGrath, Thornton and Jansen, it's like, you know, yeah, maybe the fight numbers are down, but I mean, the fight card certainly isn't, um, you know, so now he's a full-time member in Washington, and he never, you know, what one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, he plays the next seven seasons in Washington, and um, yeah, unfortunately, fifty games, seventy-three. He has the ones 2010, 2011, He plays seventy-three games, but then after that, the next season is twenty-eight games, thirty games, thirty-seven games. So you can see injuries are starting to really kind of catch up to him. But oh seven, oh eight, he plays fifty-one games again, just the five tilts. But he fights Andrew Peters. Um, that's one guy I'm, I'm going to bring up. I know when you mention Andrew Peters, you kind of get the scoff, you know, the scoff laugh or whatever. But Peters is a big guy. I know he ruffled some feathers and whatever. and um, He kind of gets shit on. But that's a guy I really like to go. Um, I'd like to do another. Um, I'd like to uh, kind of go down the YouTube rabbit hole with him because I don't know. He's, I don't know what. Like he fought Brian McGratton six or seven times, and he looked he did really well against Bigger, and and he does well here against Erskine. Like I give him the win in this one too, and it's like I don't like I said Peters like Peter people like to shit on Peters, but it's like I don't know he's pretty good. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. At least that's stuff I've seen. Like I said, maybe I'll go down the rabbit hole and be kind of turned off, but because right now in this middle of the two thousands, oh six, oh seven, oh nine, you know all that. I really wasn't, this is when I was sort of out of hockey at this point. I really wasn't paying much attention. I mean, I watched McGregor. There were still guys around, like I said, Erskine and Brookbank and Lucic and Goddard and stuff. But I just, you know, it was just with work and everything that was going on in my life at the time. I really wasn't paying all that much attention. Um, but um, it was a real good time for some heavyweights, for sure. And uh, like I said, he fights Peters. I probably picked up the L on this one. But then he fights Lucic, which is actually a really good fight. And uh, he kind of gives it to Lucic. He he uh, he lands some pretty good shots on Lucic. Um, fights Brook, Wade Brookbank. Um, again, pretty solid pretty solid showing. Two big guys. Give it a draw. Um, and then then he, uh, he fights uh, uh, Goddard. And again, uh, this one's a really solid tilt. And Goddard... Again, I I get Goddard the win, but it's a really good fight that I would encourage people to check out. But because 
Goddard's with Calgary at the time. He had just come up and, um, he lands, he lands some solid, some solid shots. Um, you know, we, we move on to 08, 09, again, 52 games, just the three fights, but of the three fights, um, you know, it's Bolton, Belak, and Wrecker. The fight with Bolton isn't much. The fight with Wade Belak is really good. Um, it's solid back and forth. Wade's with Nashville at the time. And, um, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, you know, draw, you know, either way, but yeah, great fight with, with Belak. Um, and then right at the end of the year, he fights, uh, Joel Reckless, who, I mean, Joel Reckless is tremendous. Um, again, yeah, I mean, is it like the greatest fight ever? No, but you know, they go back and forth. It's, it's a good showing for both guys. Um, you know, at this point, like I said, um, uh, he's, he's kind of really slowing down with injuries and that type of thing. Um, again, again, you know, we get to the 09, 2010 season, plays 50 games, five tilts. Um, Sean Thornton, LaRock, Kochi, Thorburn. Um, the fight with LaRock is interesting because George is with Montreal at the time. And, you know, George is kind of at the end of his career at that point. Um, they're, they're kind of face to face and the play's going on. They're yapping. And, uh, I think George kind of wants to back it off and square off, but Erskine just like, all right, let's go. And he just throws the glove off and they start swinging right away. <laughs> Pardon me. It's not that he jumped him or anything, but I, I think, I think George was kind of looking for a square off and Erskine wasn't doing it. Um, Erskine lands about, you know, four or five kind of really quick shots and sort of tackles them. Um, it, it wasn't the much, it wasn't much of a fight, but in saying that, from probably from the from the the optical of it and on the Washington bench I'm thinking that was pro- that was a big win for the Capitals in the sense that it was in Washington LaRock at this point is sort of the kingpin of the league and your guy kind of you know for lack of a better term ends up on top you know and land basically landed the only punches in the fight um it was a good showing for Erskine in that sense um yeah, and then he fights uh Kochi later that season. Kochi really actually drills uh Mike Green from behind and Erskine uh comes flying in and uh actually comes completely out of his gear. I don't I didn't watch the whole thing to see if they I'm sure they probably booted him for not being tied down. I think his tie down either got ripped off or whatever, but he kinda comes out of his gear. Kochi kinda actually kinda gives it to him a little bit. But that Co- uh Kochi's hit on Mike Green is pretty pretty stiff for sure. Um as I was saying when I was reading down his Washington career, uh, the 2010-2011 year, that's his final kind of full season in the NHL where he plays 73 games. Uh, he, he has the eight fights. Um, he's, and of course, this is why he's got the long hair and shit. Um, you know, his first fight of that year is with Lucic, and I'm sure Lucic at that point was looking for, because it's a few seasons after Erskine kind of hammered him. So, you know, Lucic is looking for the rematch, and uh, this one's a pretty good fight. They, you know, I would say Lucic gets, gets his revenge a little bit. Um, you know, a couple shots thrown either way, but it's a strong showing for Lucic, and I'm sure that probably, in his mind, maybe righted a few wrongs, you know, after his first showing against him. Um, but actually Erskine's best fight of the year this year is against Eric Bolton, who's playing for the Atlanta at the time. And they go to, they go for a while and they toe to toe. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a really solid fight. I would definitely, yeah, Eric Bolton, John Erskine, definitely check that one out. Great fight. 
Um, January 1st, he fights Mike Rupp at the outdoor game. Um, again, really solid fight. Um, it was just cool, the whole vibe, the outdoor game, the, just the, the look of it. I actually have some really cool, um, pictures from that. Um, you know, with the square off and everything, it, it looks pretty, and you can see the outdoor and all that. It's a pretty cool picture, but, uh, yeah, solid, solid fight. Um, yeah, and that's actually, yeah, like I said, that's his last kind of really full season in, in the NHL. Um, he plays three more years after that, really injury filled. Um, in 2011, 2012, he only plays in 28 games. Um, he has three fights. Actually, pre, three pretty solid fights. Chris Thorburn, Aaron Asham, uh, and Bracken Kern. Who the fuck is Bracken Kearns? I don't even know who that is. Um, but the Asham fight, this is after Asham had dropped Jay Beagle. Of course, the infamous go to sleep after Asham did the gestures. Well, this is the next game. And Erskine immediately goes after Aaron Asham and, um, you know, he, he gave it to her. I mean, there's an obviously size difference and Ashton's a tough guy. It's not like he dropped him or anything, but Erskine was that de- Washington was definitely looking for revenge in this. And it was in Washington after, like I said, all the shit that went down with Beagles, you know, Erskine was just chomping for it. So they immediately got that going. Um, but yeah, other than that, he has the three fights that year, really short season. Um, 2012, 2013, he plays 30 games, has the two fights with Peros and George Thornton, or George Peros and Sean Thornton. Neither fight was really too much. And then in his final year, 2013, 2014, 37 games, three tilts. But his final, while well, he kind of gets into a, his final fight is in March 5th, again, in Philadelphia. It's a line brawl. And he ends up actually fighting Vincent LeCavalier, kind of. They're all piled up and he kind of comes out. He stands up and LeCavalier is the guy that grabs him. He throws a few shots at Vinny and Vinny, they, they go down again and Cavalier throws when we're going down. But other than that, I wouldn't call it some huge fight, but that was sort of his last fighting major. His last real fight before that was January 10th against Colton Orr. And it was actually a, I, I would give him a TKO win in that fight with Orr. Um, again, they both land some big shots and, uh, yeah, he ends up catching Orr and, uh, Again, it's not like they're scooping or up with the trainer or anything, but nice win for John. And, uh, yeah, that's sort of the, the, you know, the cherry on the ice on the, on this career. Um, you know, that was kind of his last, uh, real fight in the NHL was a TKO win over Colt Norris. So not a bad way to go out. And, uh, yeah, like I said, um, you know, a big guy, unfortunately with the injury problems and everything, but he did a ton of fighting in junior and in the minors before getting there. Um, you know, and that's the thing, like these guys, you know, if you start, I'm, I'm looking up, he probably had 25 fights his first year, junior, probably 20 more his second. I'm just at about 10 in his third. And then in the, I, in the IHL, his first full season, he's got about 20 and then, you know, and then that lockout year and everything else. I mean, you know, before he even gets to the NHL, you're looking at someone that's got a hundred plus fights under their belt. And I mean, that mileage, it takes its toll on you, especially a big guy and he's playing defense. So he's getting a lot of ice and, you know, and with that, I mean, you're hitting, getting hit, blocking shots, putting in regular ice time. It wasn't like he was the fourth line, three minute guy, you know, you're on D so you're playing all the time, you know, obviously the third pairing guy. And it was just like, yeah, it just starts, and especially guys that big, it's just, it starts taking their toll. And unfortunately, um, you know, his career kind of, you know, he, he played years, but I mean, they were all sort of, you know, 20, 50 games, 30 games, 
you know, so unfortunately, um, yeah, injuries really took their toll. But, but hey, 491 NHL games, nothing to sneeze at. Um, had a solid career, was a tough guy. And I had fun going down the rabbit hole. Again, our, you know, it, it was he the most exciting, electrifying fighter to ever come through the NHL? No, I'm not saying that. But he was a big guy, did what he had to do. Um, some really great fights, though. And you'll see what I mean. He, there's some friggin' bombs landed in some the fights that I talk about. Um, there are some bombs landed in that, and Erskine's got a great chin, I'll give him that, and, uh, you know, right from those junior fights right to the end, um, you know, the fights with Cam Jansen, DJ King, you really see his chin, and he takes the shots of Belak and, and, and keeps coming, so, yeah, no, I was, I was always a big fan of John Erskine, um, I know he had a really bad, last, a few years back, he had a really bad accident, and, uh, I haven't really heard much more about him after that. I'm not going to, I might've been a driving while impaired deal. I'm not, you know, whatever. I won't start. I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. Uh, well, I think that was brought up, but I don't know what the whole, what his injuries sustained, like how he's come back from that. Um, he has no social media presence, so I don't know. Um, you know, or at least maybe if he does, I've been missing it. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, I was always a fan and, uh, yeah, and I was, and it was kind of, that's the one thing I was going to say with these player spotlights that I really enjoy, um, with a lot of these fights, um, well, actually not so, and Erskine, actually a lot of the fights I looked up were, were kind of new to me. I, like I said, I was kind of out of the game at that point. So I hadn't seen, like, I hadn't seen the McGratton fight, I don't think, or the, or the, or ones or anything like that. I certainly didn't see the DJ King one, which was really fun. Um, Bolton, I didn't, had never seen. So it was cool to, 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 to visit, to go down that rabbit hole and see those fights for the first time. And then to go back and see the, <coughs> his older stuff. And, uh, yeah. And like I said, just to kind of get a, you know, it's fun to sit here and, and go through the fight card. And, uh, yeah, I've really, I, I have to honestly say, I've really, I've been really enjoying doing these player spotlights. So it's been fun, like as much as you guys have been telling me that you enjoy doing the, or enjoy listening to them, I've uh, been enjoying doing them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, it's like almost 10.30 here and someone's got to work in the 5 in the morning. So uh, I think my wife's getting ready, getting ready to go to bed too. But uh, yeah, the last, kind of the, the, the last thing that I, I wanted to bring up, um, it, it, it was kind of... Uh, I'm just finding it here on, on Twitter. It was like, as I was saying, typically with the, with the troll thing. Um, hold on. I'm going to find it here. Yeah, here it is. It, it kind of, um, yeah. Anyway, it was when Toronto was in New Jersey and they were getting pelted with the beers and all that stuff at the end of the game. And, and Marner had, had quoted, it's full beers. It's dangerous. We're not looking for that. We're not seeing it coming. Dodged a couple. It's a dangerous thing. I don't know why it's, uh, well, I don't know why it's our fault. They're throwing it and trying to hit us. It's the first time I've ever seen this, um, was this quote about Mitch Marner on New Jersey fans throwing garbage on the ice during the Leafs 2-1 win. So I simply replied, you're wearing equipment and can you get drunk for free. What's the problem here? Obviously a tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, 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 j- jokey type uh, tweet. Well, old uh, slow, deep, and hard, of course, there you go, with his nine followers, has to reply, um, 
you look for any reason to cr- and he does follow he well he did follow my account i blocked him afterwards because it's like you're a goof but you look for any reason to criticize modern nhl players because you're bitter about your life it's pretty sad to be honest um i i find it funny that all of a sudden every troll they they're they're twitter psychologists i, I guess i'm bitter with my life uh no actually my life is um uh i'm not bitter about it at all it's actually my life's pretty good um you know i get a great wife and happy marriage and a decent job and pension and my family's healthy and happy and my parents are both doing well and my brother's doing well and his wife's great and uh they have two i have two great nieces and i have nephews and the in-laws are cool uh yeah so yeah sorry man i mean i might do the podcast and yell and scream and rant and rave and i think some people might think i'm fucking bitter at the world or everything i'm not bitter at all what do i have to be bitter about um so i i i found it um just sort of eye rolling and and that type of thing um you know, and it, and it to be pretty sad. And it's funny, so I'm like, oh yeah. So I kind of look at this guy's profile, and oh yeah, he's got every every sort of chicks checks every box of alpha male, the supposed social media alpha male lifestyle, which kind of leads me to my last little. I'm not going to go on about too much, but I've seen it a lot lately, um, just on my timeline and stuff like that. Um, I, it's amusing to, to read what people's idea, what some people's idea of an alpha male is. Um, I, there, there are some of you out there that, and I see it on my timeline from friends and stuff on Facebook or whatever, you try way too hard. Um, and you're the, the idea that, you know, it's, it, you have to act hard and all this shit. And it's like, you know, it's just the stereotype that just, it cracks me up. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. And, it, and it's your typical, you know, your influencers, so to speak, in the, in these social media accounts, the loudest voice see, uh, is obviously the one that's listened to. And these guys look at them like some guiding force to the alpha male world. And, you know, and everybody else is beta and it's all depends on, you know, oh, we can tell if you're alpha or if you're beta by by this, by who you voted for, and blah blah blah, and everything else. Oh yeah, sure, okay, that that's alpha and beta, is it? Yeah, all right. But it's it's amazing how as a society we've just become so enamored. I've never, I put it this way, I've never had to go on social media or walk around bank pounding my chest to convince people that I'm an alpha male. I don't. What the, what does that mean? You know, like it's just. Like, I mean, I know what alpha male is rhetorical. I know what it means. But to me, uh, you know, getting up, going to work, supporting your family, helping family and friends, empathy, um, being a, just being a good human, uh, helping your neighbor, all that type of thing, helping people when you can. Um, you know, that's alpha. I, standing there doing a few arm curls and yelling about whatever and and putting up Peaky Blinders memes is an alpha that you know if that's your idea of alpha I guess life ain't life isn't a movie I hate to break it to you 
life isn't a movie. So you can have all your little cute little movie quotes and, you know, that you're all these fucking Johnny badass sayings and everything else. It's like, uh, that doesn't make you alpha. And you, buddy, here sitting there telling me I'm bitter and all this and, oh, you're the, the alpha male and everything. I could just tell by reading your profile, you're probably about 19, 20 years old, sitting in your bedroom on your iPhone tweeting away putting up all your little peaky blinders memes and and all this shit and the liver king and all this and side hustle bro and everything else and every you know oh and the bitches and all this stuff dude you're about as fucking useful as a white crayon like you don't know your shit from apple butter about life so stay stay in school get an education learn something and then try to be go be a productive member of society. That's alpha. Your bullshit side hustle. Yeah, you side hustle. I always laugh at all these people. They, they want a side hustle, but nobody actually wants to. Basically, you want to make money for nothing. You want to try to find some magic pill or magic formula where you can make money for nothing. Oh, I'm just going to start a podcast. Oh, sure. That'll, yeah, you know. And I'm not just, like I said at the start of the show, I encourage anybody to start a podcast. I've had people ask me. Should I start a podcast? Would you start a podcast? And my first of all, my answer, and it's not to discourage them or anything else, but I would be like, well, if you're not serious about it, no, because why? Why waste your time? Or you know? And I think and that's the thing. And it's like, well, I want to get on this now. Or I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, okay, go for it. But the amount of effort that's required to do this, you got to put in time. You got to do some. If you're going to do it well. Or, you know, or whatever. I mean, you got to put in some time. You got to put in some research and everything else. Um, and a lot, I found a lot of people don't. What do they say? Every, for every pod, most podcasts end after, what is it? I think somebody said 11 episodes, I think, was the average. Well, and there's been a million podcasts try and they stop right away because I think people don't realize the time that goes into it. And anything, you go on YouTube. Well, you just see these YouTube creators. Well, yeah, but a lot of time and work went into that. But all these people love to yell about side hustles, bro. Oh, yeah. Are you going to put the work in? No, you just want free money. So it's not really a side hustle then, is it? So anyway, I know I'm off on a tangent here, but it kind of cracked me up when I was told I was bitter. And uh, and what was it? Uh, oh, you're bitter. And it's, uh, oh, I criticize modern play because you're bitter about your life. Well, so I made funny. I made funny your favoriteists, so you're mad at me. Oh, I I always find the the hypocrisy of this because normally I've been told like I shit on players and I criticize them and all this. It's like no, I don't. In that in that saying, I, when I was oh, you get free beer and everything. Well, clearly I wasn't being serious. But I I've always said to anybody, I challenge you to go back through all my tweets, all these episodes. Tell me when I've actually shit on a player. No, hold on. I've shit on actions they've done. And if they do soft shit or stupid shit, I'll call them on it. But have I, have you ever heard me say Austin Matthews sucks and he's a bitch and and he shouldn't be in the league or this guy sucks and he can't skate and he's the shits and why we draft him. He's a bum. No, I would never do that. I've never done that. I know how hard it is. I would never do that. Like I said, I've criticized their actions. But these same guy, as he's telling me, all I do is criticize modern players. The third tweet down on his in his profile, he's calling Jacob Trupa a bum and everything else. It's like, well, 
what are you doing? That's all you, you're the one that criticizes the players. I'm not, I criticize their actions. It's completely different. I'm not criticizing it. What am I, what am I, what credibility do I have to knock a professional athlete in terms of their ability? None. I wish others would learn that. So no, I would never do that. I'll criticize their actions, but not them as athletes. That's ridiculous. But you all do. I have podcasts on this network. That's all they do is shit on players. It's embarrassing. Well, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Jim Rome, there's people that have made careers out of this. They've made millions of dollars shit-talking elite-level athletes. To me, that's a fucking embarrassment. But they clearly have an audience for it. People love to hear people get shit on. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. I'm ranting here. It's late at night. It's been a long day. It's been a long week here. Um, I, I want to say I, w- I want to thank people. I'm not going to get too much into my personal life, but my wife has battled some health issues here the last few days. Um, I had to take her, rush her to the hospital on Friday. We were in the emergency room for 10 hours. That's a, that's the state of our health system in Saskatchewan. Um, but, uh, again, you know, kidney stone, whatever. She had really bad pain, like knee buckling pain was pasty and, you know, got her in there and, um, you know, that, that's been a whole process and everything. But, uh, you know, uh, she, I think she has some surgery coming up here and everything, but so not looking forward to that. But, uh, I want to thank everybody who reached out. Um, again, I don't want to get too, I don't get too deep into my personal life on here. Um, but, it was, you know, when you, when you don't know at the time, it's scary, right? And, you know, you're sitting there following an ambulance. A lot of things go through your mind. And um, and it's scary. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and you sit in that waiting room. And uh, your wife is sitting beside you in pain. And it's taking them hours to see her, you know. And you're just helpless. You can't do anything. And all I want to do is like, you know, I'd rather it be me. That's alpha. You get it yet? Idiot. Anyway. That was just something I wanted to share at the end. Um, Again, um, we're, you know, everybody's fine here. We're, you know, like I said, it has some surgery scheduled for the day and stuff. And, uh, I don't want to say anything as it was pointed out. It, it, I don't ever want to say routine surgery because, you know, routine can not be routine sometimes, but, um, but over, you know what I'm saying? It's not open heart or anything like that. So, um, but, uh, again, I, I, as I said, I wish, I said sometimes with the health thing, it was not sometimes I really wish it was like, oh, I'd rather it be me going through it, you know? And, uh, and like I said, for, to see her and the pain that she was in, like I said, she's no farm gal, man, you know, and <laughs> t- tough woman. And, uh, to see her in that pain was, was scary and scary for me. And, um, and like I said, it's a real helpless feeling. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure most of the listeners, I'm sure you guys have gone through it at some point with a, with a loved one, whether a mom or dad or a wife or whatever sibling. And, uh, it's a real helpless feeling. And, uh, yeah, and I want to thank the guys that I that I talk to that I normally talk to because they've got ten hours in the waiting room. And believe me, there was a lot of texting as we were waiting, and uh, uh, it was you know it was, it was 
to take the mind off of things and shared a few funny memes and, you know, had her kind of chuckling and you try to take the mind off of where you are. And I want to thank you guys for doing that. And, uh, and I want to thank people that reached out again that knew about it. Um, yeah, it, it, like I said, it, we're, you know, so the last few days here, it's been a little tough. Um, my mind has obviously is not in the game, but, uh, yeah, she's just kind of getting ready to go. She's going back to work tomorrow and then see what happens. And, you know, but, uh, so I'm going to get out of here. Like I said, it's 1030 on Tuesday night. So I still got to do the show graphic and upload this, but I just want to talk about that. And, uh, to idiot here that wants to play Twitter psychologist, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't, like I said, you, you're 19. You don't know shit about shit. And like I said, you can retweet all the alpha shit that you want. And if you want to yell and scream and think that the liver King and Jordan Peterson and, all these people are alpha males and okay, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm not saying they're not, but it's just, it's funny what people will put up on pedestals as what alpha is. Um, as you get older in life, you'll, you'll learn the difference. But I said to be an alpha male, if you're an alpha male, I, like I said, the, the, the true alpha males that I know never had to go around telling people that they're alpha males. So everybody sort of knew. So, uh, yeah, just think about that next time. Yeah. So this idea of alpha and beta, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, that really has nothing to do about nothing, but it just, uh, as I said, the, uh, he happened to send that text, that tweet at me at the wrong time. And it, and it, well, cause I mean, that's been said to me before, um, not the whole you're bitter with your life, but all oh, your you hate modern players and all this. I mean, I get tweets like that all the time, and so I'm over the years, so I'm used to it. It doesn't. I just yeah, okay, buddy, whatever, block and move on or ignore. I don't really care. But like I said, that tweet happened to be hit me right at the right. He hit me with a right hand at the right time, and it irritated me. And uh, so I just wanted to bring that up. But uh, um, I'm hopefully he's listening. Like I said, I know he follows the account, so. Uh, maybe he listened and, uh, grow up, man, learn something. Like I said, uh, just because you put little movie quotes up doesn't mean you're alpha. So, uh, yeah, but it's just, um, yeah, guys, I think that'll be about it. I don't know what this last segment had to do. I just wanted something to talk about. I just, yeah, I just wanted to let people know, cause I think I said it at the start of the other episode on Wednesday or on Sunday about some kind of some shit going on and, uh, and I had a few people ask me like, you know, what's going on or what's the fuck or whatever. So I just wanted to bring that up. So anyway, that's what's happening. So, uh, I will keep you guys posted. Like I said, I'm not a big, I don't like to really get into too much of my private life, especially if it doesn't really, it's not about me. Um, I mean, if I was in the hospital or whatever, I'd tell you guys that, but, um, anyway, I just wanted to say what was going on and, and, uh, just what, what I was feeling it, what I'm feeling at the moment anyway. So. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here, but, uh, yeah, let's have a, have a good rest of the work week and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 